You're listening to the Superpower Up Podcast with your superpower experts. This is the place where we explore real-life superpowers and give you the tools to unlock your own. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, your superpower expert, and I'm excited to have with us a fun guest today. Craig Feilich is the founder and creator of Purpose Mapping. Um, and, and what I really like about his approach is he talks about cool things like flow state, which of course over at Superpower Experts we love. So today we're going to be talking about exploring flow, an altered state of consciousness, and how important it is to kind of know what that means for yourself and know what it feels like when you're in that space and know when, when um, you know, as he said before, the thing like you're, you're in that kind of yes, that, that wholehearted, all-encompassing yes space for yourself. Um, and the impact you can have on the world from that place. And so so the purpose mapping is such a fascinating, um, you know, hybrid, hodgepodge integrated of, of, of different methodologies. And he's brilliant as he speaks about it. So I'm excited to let him do that. <clears throat> Excuse me. But as with a lot of our guests, he's, he's he came from a different arena and he walked away from a seven-figure business and 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 said about being in that yes full time and and so i think we can all learn a lot from that so without further ado please join me in welcoming to the show craig filek welcome craig hey thank you tanya awesome well we're going to ask you right away of course what are your superpowers my superpowers so the way i understand my superpowers uh it, it has to do with taking in vast amounts of information and then organizing it conceptually and then communicating it very clearly and succinctly, usually in symbolic ways, but also I love to create games. So in my own purpose mapping framework, the way I describe my strengths are creating, illuminating games. And that's what purpose mapping is. (laughs) That's awesome. Creating, illuminating games. I love it. That... uh, I think you've just summed up superpower experts. I love that whole concept. It's because, because why do it right? If it's not fun. Um, And so, so how talk to me a little bit about how you moved into all of that. I mean, it was obviously, I think with all of us, it's just a lifelong process of exploration and experimentation and finding out the hard way what doesn't work (laughs) and, and dusting ourselves off and, and recalibrating and giving it another go. Um, for me, you know, it really started, I think, being adopted. I was adopted at birth. And so it was a challenging, it was a challenging road for me. You know, I was not mirrored and matched with the way I understood myself on the inside. I felt very much like an ugly duckling and a black sheep. And, um, you know, until I got to college and found out that there were other black sheep and, you know, we started to flock together and then I started to feel like, okay, you know, there's maybe, maybe this can be okay. And, uh, and then eventually I got into entrepreneurship and was really trying to figure out how do I do this? You know, how do I, uh, what, what we now call hacking, right? Like what, what's the, what's the leverage point where I can have a small amount of effort and have a tremendous overall result. And we don't always get that. I mean, Warren Buffett would say, just hit a lot of singles, you know, don't always be swinging for the fences, just that a lot of singles. But I just had this in me where it's like, how do I just hit a home run? And for me, what that, what that really ended up being was not so much business success, although that's important. Uh, it was how do I get into that place where my brain was just lit up with dopamine and serotonin and oxytocin and adrenaline and nandamide and and endorphins and all the stuff that just feels so good 
all at once. And that's what's known as a flow state. And I slipped into a flow state accidentally in college. And then I spent the rest of my college career trying to figure out what was that and how do I get that back? So I think that's probably where, where it all kind of started to come together for me was, pardon me, <clears throat> was when I got into entrepreneurship and started making my own path and realized that, you know, doing sales, I could get myself into that flow state, not as profoundly as I had first experienced it, but there was an inkling of it. And the more that I did it, the better I got and the more consistently I could get myself into flow. And what I loved about it was it was, you know, I got my degree in philosophy, right? Trying to figure out what the heck that flow state was. Uh, turns out I should have been studying positive psychology, but, you know, I didn't, I didn't know that at the time. Um, but what I loved about sales is that it was, it was philosophy. It was the psychology of human motivation and ultimately uh, my own personal achievement and helping my clients get results in their lives. So, you know, flow was always in the, in the periphery. And ultimately, I think that's what we're all seeking and one of the definitions of flow from the, the man who coined the term, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, is when you're doing something for its own sake, it has intrinsic purpose. So eventually I started connecting the dots between being in flow and living our purpose. And as I was studying all this entrepreneurial stuff from Stephen Covey and, and Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, Tony Robbins, you know, all the great uh, human motivation, personal development, and sales sort of uh, you know, godfathers, so to speak, they all kept talking about purpose. And so the dots just connected over the years. And, uh, and so I could go on and on about it, but you know, I'm, I'm just, I just, I love this stuff and I love watching people light up and not just as a fluke, but as a practice, right? How do we, how do we turn this into something that we're clearly and consciously working towards on a daily basis to activate in our lives because i think this is the purpose of life is to feel fully lit up and that's why we seek it and crave it so much as you know absolutely and i and i and i love so much of what you're talking about and the passion with which you're speaking about it um and and i think it's so important for people to hear that um to to feel that energy from from those of us who seek that above all else and in um you know it'd be too easy to to write it off as say, you know, adrenaline junkies or whatever the case may be, because it really is the courage to live a full life, you know, to live that wholly and, and refuse to say, well, um, you know, we, we can't always get everything we want or we, you know, that's a, that's a pipe dream or, you know, to seek that is irresponsible in some form or fashion. You know, I remember the pivotal moment when I, when I hit a point that it felt irresponsible to not do that. Um, and, and it was significantly, it, it was a significant shift. You know, I, I, I call it the tipping point where, and that's the point that I think people get to where there is no going back. Um, you know, we kind of do this little yo-yo dance routine um, for a little bit until we really truly step into that. And it's like, wait, no, like, and, and it kind of takes us embodying it and going, okay, am I still alive? Like, am I okay? Like, yeah. Because we're not real sure, like in the way woo-woo side of the house, it's like, maybe I'll just leave my body and I'll go somewhere else if I do this. Or, you know, on, on the conspiratorial side of the house, like, I'm going to die. Somebody's going to kill me. You know, we have many crucifixion and witch-burning stories to back that up. So it's like, so there's all of this kind of collective um, storytelling that we've done that, that creates um, all kinds of excuses for, for why you can't do this and why you shouldn't do this. And um, even in parenting, even in business, like you have to toe the line, you have to be, I mean, I remember the moment we decided to take on the superpower brand, 
we had been playing with it as a marketing strategy, but it was like it, even something as, as benign as something like superpowers, I still had to work through the concept of, you know, we operate, um, you know, our very first business was a corporate counterintelligence firm. So it's like, how are you going to come out and talk about superpowers? Like, like, you know, you're going to destroy your brand and reputation. And it was this ongoing um, kind of peeling back of layers to come out of government and out of the, that arena and to really um, move through all of that to a place where it's like, wait, maybe we can play and have fun and live the life that we want. And, and do we dare, um, do we dare, you know, make the bold claim that we can develop the lifestyle and the career and everything else that, that is fun for us and lights us up? Um, it, you know, it sounds selfish, but, but I think that it's the least selfish thing any of us can strive for. I think it's the ultimate game. You know, I think that I, I've, you know, it, when I was studying philosophy, um, Descartes, who's the father of modern philosophy, came out with this meditation on, well, how do I know what's really real? And what he, what he bottom lined it as is, you know, I think therefore I am, but everything else could be a dream. I could be dreaming that I'm awake. <laughs> the Matrix. I mean, we know these stories, right? It's mm-hmm. such an archetypal journey. And now we've got Elon Musk saying things like, well, you know, it's, it's possible, right? It's in fact probable that if we, you know, if the technology continues as it is, we're moving into virtual reality now, right? And pretty soon, um, you know, the graphics get so good that it will become indistinguishable from what we consider to be our waking reality. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, then it probably already happened and we're currently living in a simulation. And there's a video where he gets really aggressive about it. He's like, tell me how that's, you know, tell me the fault in that logic, right? It's just like mm-hmm. he's like, trying to wrap his head around it. And so I just, I, I, I reached that point, like you talked about the tipping point, And I just realized, you know what? It probably is the case. I mean, once your brain lights up with these neurochemicals enough times for a long enough duration, you kind of realize like, huh, reality is a bit more malleable than <laughs> <laughs> that I was led to believe. And and so now I just consider it to be a big virtual reality game. And just like, remember Donkey Kong and Frogger and Super Mario Brothers? Like, there's levels. And every level you get to, there's a bigger boss and there's a bigger fear. And a, you have to, like, get the combination of, you know, whatever it is. You got to get in your flow state and you got to get the right combination of moves. And you have to learn things along the way. But there's always going to be those people, those voices, those beliefs on the inside that got programmed when we were younger telling us, you can't just do that. You can't just have the life you want. You can't just live in flow every day. Like, by, by you know, who, how, do you, how do you get permission to do that? And I think mm-hmm. in a way we just realized, like, we have to give ourselves that permission. Just say, you know what? This is pretty much this is the reason I'm alive. I'm alive to be in flow. These are the things I do that put me in flow. This is my contribution to the world. It feels amazing, and everything else is just a no. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna go into some really fun areas here right after the break. Let's tell people where they can find out more about you. Cool. So I set up a special link for your listeners at purposemapping.com forward slash power up one word. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much. So we're going to take a quick break. Um, It's about to get real fun here, folks. You're not going to want to miss what comes after this break. Um, I'd imagine Craig and I have some interesting stories to share about 
flow state and the matrix and, and, and all of this virtual reality, whatnot. So we're talking about exploring flow, an altered state of consciousness, and we'll be right back after the break. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Awesome. We're back. You're listening to the Superpower Up podcast. We're talking about all or exploring flow, an altered state of consciousness with Craig Filet. Craig, before the break, we were talking about all we got into some really good stuff around the matrix and is this is this a simulation and all of this fun stuff? And it, you know, it's fascinating because one of the pivotal things that you said was that we have to give ourselves permission. Mm-hmm. And I remember the exact moment when um, I, part of my kind of awakening process was to experience all kinds of different um, whatnot, all kinds of different realms and, and just, just opened up to all sorts of information that again, coming from the military counterintelligence, Protestant upbringing, it was like, it was a little bit, um, unnerving, but I do remember it was, it was in one of these like matrix scenarios where I finally just kind of put my foot down. I was like, okay, stop. Like what's going on here? Like, why am I here? What's happening? Like this was the tail end of about a, I don't even know how long, maybe three, three month, four month journey. And, um, and, and there was a whole dialogue that ensued, but, but by the end of it, I was like, okay, fine. Like, I get it. Like, I'm, I, I get that, that this is where this is all going and, and I needed to see some of this stuff. And, and I'm, I'm getting more and more clear about what my particular, you know, what lights me up, what, what, I, what I feel like I, I wanted to do here, at least what, what works for me right now. And, um, it, and I kind of was like, okay, wait, hold up. So if, if I'm going to do all of this and it's in service to something, because that was kind of the dialogue that, that, that I was having at the time, mm-hmm. then there's a few things I want too, you know, and I, and I remember hearing this kind of laugh, like, you know, like, like Deepak Chopra's book, you know, why is God laughing? Like, it was like this, 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 this almost this good humored, like chuckle of like, okay, finally, like she's getting it. Like there's this, the, you know, and I'm like, yeah, this, I want this, I want that. Like, I want to have fun. I want, you know, all of these things. And it was like, okay, cool. And, but, but I had to like gear up to ask for that and, and be like, wait, 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 is it okay for me to say these things? Is it, you know, or, or do we really truly need to be in this kind of indentured servitude and, and be miserable and, and, um, doing this work. And, and it, and it's not that I was miserable, but it was just this moment of like, again, giving myself permission to say, wait, no, wait, hold on. Like, like it can look how I want it to look and, and really choosing to play in that space. Um, but ultimately there was nobody who could do that for me, but me and, and whether there's actually something out there, whether I was, talking to God, whether, uh, who knows, who cares? Like, like it, it's, it's the idea of really stepping into that space and playing with it. Um, but it's still not normalized. You know, a lot of my clients kind of laugh. They're like, you always make it sound so easy. And I was like, well, it is easy. And it's, it's the most natural state of our existence, but it's just not normal. You know, there's just not enough people who have the courage to step forward and do that. And so, so as you, as you work with clients and whatnot, how do you help them 
step into those spaces and move beyond the kind of fear-driven dialogues that, that are so prevalent in collective consciousness. Yeah, I do a lot with um, looking at our socialization, looking at the beliefs that were programmed. Um, you know, I, I really, I mean, I spent a lot of time in the new age kind of woo end of things when I was younger, but eventually I just got down to like the brass tacks, like, okay, this is neuroscience, right? Mm -hmm. We are rewiring neurological pathways from one set of beliefs and behaviors to another. That's it. There's no, no, you know, that that's, that's all the permission you need is to just decide I want it to be different than it is. And this is how I want it to be and just keep practicing. Right. And, and it's also neurochemistry, right? We talked about the, the neurochemi neuro neurochemical signature of a flow state. And so when we look at it from that standpoint, um, it's just really a, a function of facing the parts of ourselves that we hide, repress, and deny. And that's scary. And that's hard. And that's sort of like the big, you know, the big uh, dragon at the end of, you know, the big gorilla at the top of the Donkey Kong, you know, third level, every third level, there's a boss or whatever. It's that type of thing is we have to go in and we have to face those parts of ourselves that uh, we were told when we were young, were not acceptable. We're not welcome because that's where our power is. That's where our power is hidden. And we spend the rest of our power trying to push down those parts of ourselves. And then we're left with barely anything. And then we end up drinking coffee or taking stimulants or eating sugar all day or, you know, all of these different things, Prozac. And, you know, we, we end up in these sort of uh, cul-de-sacs of, of functional, you know, behavioral um, ideas that we're, of what we're capable of. And so I just, what I do is I take people and I, um, I use the metaphor of a block of wax, right? And the wick is somewhere down at the bottom. It's slipped down to the bottom and the thing hardened over. And what most people do is they take a, a screwdriver and they jam it into the block of wax and split it open and it shatters and they pull the wick out and they try to stick it back in and light it. And it's just a mess. What I do is I, I melt people gently. We go progressively by degrees into more and more of their shadow and they learn that, oh, I can, I can go here and I can reclaim the power and get that power up and then go in deeper and learn things about what their real strengths are and the things that are sort of atrophying on the sidelines that they can make front and center and then really go in and face what Joseph Campbell calls the ordeal, you know, in the cave you fear to enter is the treasure that you seek. And so I really use the hero's journey as a map for leading people down to the underworld, reclaiming the gold, which what I mean by that, you know, that's a metaphor of the, the experience of reclaiming your gold is you liberate all this energy, attention, and power that's been stuck inside you and trapped in there. And we've been living on the surface in this facade life, this cardboard cutout life that of course is not fulfilling and going through the motions and, you know, it's the matrix. And so once they come fully alive, then they bring that gold back to the world and they make a real contribution. And so people constantly ask me, okay, great. I know my purpose. Now what? And I say, you build your contribution system around your flow state. You start with your flow state. So you take that wick and just like in the old days, you, know, you dip it back in that melted wax and you run experiments. Okay, how did that work? 
Okay, and then dip it again and dip it again. And eventually you build up this nice, robust system, this structure around that wick, around that flow state, and that candle can burn and your light can continue to shine. If you don't do that, it's just going to, you know, the, the wick is going to be kind of frail and it's going to be a thin structure and it'll burn halfway down, burn too quick, fall over, light the house on fire. We don't want to do that. We want a really good, robust structure for supporting you to be in flow. And so that comes down to what Aristotle said, you know, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, therefore, is a habit. We have to make a habit of, you know, whether it's meditating or whatever spiritual practice we use, reading, you know, just getting deep, good stuff inside of ourselves and drawing that out. I have to make a good habit of getting enough sleep, uh, having that green drink every morning, you know, getting the right kind of exercise for your body type. You know, I do yoga. I'm not a high intensity interval training guy. That's it would be a mistake for me. So you have to find out what's right for you and then do that. Uh, a relationship practice, you know, who are the top five people you're spending the most time with? Because when you make that commitment, when you cross that pivot point, you're not going to be hanging around with the same people that you came up with. They're not going to like the changes that you make and the new commitments you're making because they're going to be terrified to face their shadow and their condition. Maybe if you're lucky, one or two people will come through with you over time, but don't count on it. And then your systems practice. You know, what are you going to do for your environment? Do you need to move or feng shui your home or just clear out the clutter or, you know, whatever it is, get a new office chair so you can sit with proper posture. So structural things. And then also, so that's the environment and also your contribution system. So those four areas, you need practices to support you to live a mission that is activating your signature strengths with you know that that goal that you excavate, putting you in flow so that you can live your purpose. And when you've got all of that lined up, that's when you can hit flow every day in a sustainable way that you can actually uh, really enjoy your life, you know, and not be worried about when is the other shoe going to drop or when is the, you know, Gestapo going to come and tell me, no, you can't, you can't be having this much fun in your life. So that's how I work with clients. <laughs> I love it. You know, and, it and I laugh, but, but those stories are in there. You know, it, 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 there was a period of time um, when things really started shifting for me when I did exactly what you're talking about. And it, and it was the willingness to go as deep as I wanted to go out. Like the, the, the flying high and the, the real out there kind of woo-woo stuff is fun. And it, you can only go, in, in my estimation, as far up and out as you are willing to go down and deep. And, and, the, you know, and, and the deeper we're willing to go. Now, and, and there does come a point where it becomes quite the game because it's like you know, you, the, the, a fear piece wants to come up or you see the darkness start to encroach. And, and, and rather than look at it as something detrimental, now it feels like opportunity because it's like, oh, if this is coming up, there must be that right after this, there's this cool new space is going to open up. And, and at least that's kind of what helps me persevere through it. Um, yeah. Now it's like, you know, and I, and I, and I do remember the first time of remembering in the midst of it that I, you know, that, that there's something powerful about discovering the light in it and rather than wanting to run away, or I, I like what you said about, we use a lot of our resources to kind of block that down. I, I took exception early, early on with people who said they had to shield themselves against evil forces and everything else. And I'm like, sounds like a lot of work, you know? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think it can, I don't think that's what we think it is, you know? And, and really kind of disentangling all that and saying, well, but what's it, what, 
how are you shielding if the fear is actually inside of you? Like that's, you're actually feeding it in, in some capacity and, and really kind of tearing apart a lot of these practices that are well-meaning. Um, but I, but I think do damage over time and, and certainly, you know, ideal enough in multidimensionality to know that certain things are helpful at certain moments and that's okay. And if, if, if you have a technique that got you somewhere, perhaps it was just designed to get you there it's not necessarily designed to get you beyond there. So, so always being willing to pick up and set down new techniques or, or um, you know, allowing one whose time has come to, 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 to be set. Yeah. You know, early on, I wasn't very popular when, when I would let people know that perhaps that, that guide or, or that, that group of angels or whatever they were talking to may not always be there. You know, you may, I've integrated more spirit guides and entities and everything else than, than I can count. Um, but it's, it's in that movement. It's, it's realizing that they were you all along and you've been talking to yourself through some, anyway, you know, it gets kind of convoluted. Um, mm. but I, but I like the, the gentleness in what you're describing. And I, I think that's important too. I, I know I was guilty, um, early on of wanting to go too fast, um, push myself and others too fast. And, um, it can happen, you know, certainly people like the expedited easy route, but, but not without that foundation you're speaking about. Um, right. Because it has to happen in the body, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we're talking about neurology. We're talking about neurochemistry. We're talking about, you know, diet and sleep and relationships, getting that oxytocin, right? It's we're, we're, we're pack animals. So, so it's just really looking at the evolutionary biology and sociology and just, you know, the past 300 years of the industrial revolution has pulled us so far out of our native, natural, intuitive, instinctual, uh, embodied awareness that the majority of the deconditioning is just getting back to that. You can just do that. And that's practical. That's pragmatic. I mean, you look at paleo and ketogenic diets and, you know, doing the CrossFit and, you know, all these, and even yoga and Ayurveda. I mean, that's where I kind of lean towards, but we, the information is all available to us now. So just mm-hmm. 80% of the work is just getting back to a natural way of living. And then like you're saying, integrating, right? Just continually integrating and allowing yourself a very practical path forward. And eventually it just, you, you stabilize, right? You go from mm-hmm. having these great peak states to actually traits, right? A stage development where you're able to stabilize your access to this consciousness and this level of, of um, capacity for flow because you've organized your entire life around making that possible. Well, and, and, and a lot of what you're speaking about in, in our language, you know, we, we talk about having the discipline to do it. And, it, you know, I, I caution people all the time about this journey that, that come to me because it's, it's not for the faint of heart nor is it quite what a lot of people think it is when they get started. And, and it does require a high degree of discipline. And um, because there's a lot of change that occurs, there's a lot of, um, you mentioned, you know, relationships that may not follow or, or jobs that don't fit anymore or homes or living situations that don't work and being willing to kind of put your, um, for me, the terminology I used was, was put my own evolution above all else. Um, I even had to go through really deep detachment work with my husband and my daughter um, shortly after her birth because it was like it, it couldn't be a situation where I felt like she was somehow like that she defined me or being a mom defined me. You know, all of these mm-hmm. things that we go through 
And, and it was challenging as a new mom, kind of looking at my child going, well, you know, that I can't find myself in her, you know, and, and, and what that meant and, and unpacking, you know, lifetimes and eons and of, of those stories. And so, so it is work folks, but, but they the rewards are great. And, um, you know, I think just listening to Craig, we, we can be inspired to, to really put one foot in front of the other and do that work knowing that on the other side of it is a very fun, um, flow, freeing, um, whole existence. So Craig, let's remind folks again where they can go to find out more about you. Cool. Yeah. Go to purposemapping.com forward slash power up one word. And, um, yeah, I, I think, I think this is, you know, I, I, I'm really inspired by what you're doing here, Tonya. I think that so many of us found ourselves, you know, facing the shadow, facing identity crises, really, right? When we realize like, wait, I can't just be a father. I can't just be, you know, th- my job. Um, there's a breakdown that happens. And if we don't have the type of support like you're providing here with this podcast, we might think we're going crazy. I mean, Carl Jung would literally say you hit a psychosis, right? If you don't have mm-hmm. the support, you don't know how to navigate that. It's a scary, scary place to be. And you either hunker down back into the conditioning, back into the matrix, or you find somebody that says, yeah, no, you're doing great. Keep going. It's not easy, but <laughs> get you out of the mud and then dry off. And then it's like, mm. oh, what was that? Well, you know, get, get on the other side first. And then we could talk about what it was for now. Just find a good practice, find some, you know, mentorship or some guidance and just plow, just go, mm. go, like you said, have your evolution above all else. And you can sort it out on the other side. Don't be a jerk, but, you know, commit and start to make clear statements of this works for me and this doesn't. And I think you run those experiments long enough and you eventually figure it out. And uh, I applaud you guys uh, for, for what you're doing here. This is great. Awesome. Well, thank you. I, I'm very glad to know that you're out there in the world doing what you're doing. Um, and and to, to add a, just a second on to that is, you know, the concept of connecting with people. And I love what you said, don't be a jerk. When I added in the component, before I take on a single client, I say to them, you have to know that I love you. You mm-hmm. have to know and trust that, that that is what I exist to do. And if that makes you uncomfortable, I don't end a client call without telling them that I love them. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that it's so desperately needed. Um, not everyone has the support. I mean, I remember the moment I looked in my husband's face and said, I can't, you know, raising her can't be enough, mm-hmm. you know, and with tears in my eyes. And it's like, I felt like the worst mom in the world, you know, worst mother ever. But it was like, it can't, I can't, it can't be just that. And she's amazing. I mean, she's eight. She gave a keynote in front of 2000 people last year. Like she runs businesses. She's one of our podcasts. I was like, she's amazing. Mm-hmm. But partly she's amazing because I didn't need her to define me. And, um, you know, but, but that was tough. And, and I, Luckily, we had a very, very strong marriage and we, you know, went into the marriage knowing that, that we were here to support each other in our evolutionary journeys and, and we built a relationship based on that. And I do think um, what you said was so important. So I'm excited um, to know that you're out there doing your part. Um, I know so many of you are hearing this and that this lights you up and um, it is, it can be super scary, but know that there's so many ways for you to get that support and connection and love and um, 
you know, you, you don't have to do it alone. I think some of us did, you know, I, there were many times I stomped my foot and said, where's my Tonya, you know, and my husband just kind of looks at me sideways, like, uh, do you remember what you're here to do? And I'm like, uh, you know, but, but I don't think that that's necessarily the way anymore. I think that we're starting to see more social proof and after social proof, we will see mass movement. Um, so the more of us who band together and say, Hey, I think this is okay. Um, the, the more real and normalized this becomes. So thank you for doing your part with that. Yeah. Likewise, be the change, right? Be the change Perfect. you want to see. Be the guy, awesome. be the guy you wanted to be. <laughs> I used to think of myself this way. I used to be a substitute teacher. Be the guy you wished was walking into the room right now. Right? Mm. When I was the student in the desk, when the substitute teacher walked in, it was like, oh, maybe this guy has a clue, you know? Oh, that's a great reminder. We can all connect with that piece. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, very cool. And, and to all of you out there, as always, we appreciate your loyalty. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, go out, uncover your superpowers, and change the world. Take care, everyone. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and discover your superpowers today.